0: Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You had to be there, the performance rankings, a slight tangent and the crappy quiz. Have you ever done therapy, Adrian. Specifically related to the crappy quiz though. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Lugan with you through to five. So today at 5.15, 40 horses will line up for the Grand National at Aintree in Liverpool, the world's most famous steeplechase. 27 of the runners are trained in Ireland. Five of the last six winners have been trained in this country. There's half a million pounds on offer to connections of the winner who can navigate the four and a quarter miles and 30 fences better than any other horse. Now, joining us on the line to look ahead is a man who won the race as a 20-year-old back in 2006 on a horse called number six Valverde, Niall Slippers Madden.
1: Nile how's the form? All oh, good, and you?
0: Yeah, good. Good to talk to you, Niall. Let's get the nickname out of the way first. Why slippers? For the yeah. public who don't know. <laughs>
1: um, my father was called Boots and um so the um I c I can't remember who it was called me slippers and I have a little brother then we call him socks. So um it's it runs in the family, so um we have boots, slippers and socks. And do people call you slippers or Nile, or just it a bit of a mix of both? Um I was always, I suppose anyone in racing in, the, in that sort of um, sport would always call me slippers. And um, I suppose anyone that wasn't involved in racing, I suppose everyone that I know calls me slippers. And sometimes people call me Niall and would not be ignorant. I might turn around because no one else calls me Niall, about our family. <laughs> so um, everyone calls me slippers. And listen, I don't mind it.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. The Grand National, did you remember watching the race as a young lad before you ever became a jockey in it?
1: Ah, of course you do It's one of those races Where um you sit down and With family and friends And you have some sort Of a sweet steak sweepstakes going And you'd, I remember uh, We used to go to my grandmother granny, granny and granddad's And we used to watch it And we used to um, Cut out the, the paper And fold them into little balls And throw them into the into the hat And you got two picks For everyone got two picks For the race And you know That's how I grew up Watching the national And um, it was always It was always a big day In our household And your dad Rode on a few times I believe he did. Yeah, he rode in it. Um, I think four or five times. I think the best he was was a fifth on um, a horse called Attitude Adjuster. Um, he um he he was his best. I think it was I think it was I think he was
0: sixth. Very good. So number six, Valverde. How did you manage to get around to riding this horse in the Grand National? Martian Brassel trains him there in there. and was it an association you had with him as an amateur, or what was it?
1: So yeah, it actually, and I I got my leg across number six, Valverde by pure luck. Um I was working for Noel Mead at the time and the horse was to run in Navin and he ended up being a spare ride on the day. He'd only nine ten on his back. And I was half an hour away from the race course and Martin rang dad to see if I, I could ride him. I was I was only an amateur at the time. I think I still could have been claiming claiming three. And um uh, dad rang me to get down to Navin there quick, it was a spare ride in the handicap chase and he won, and uh, won really well and I kept riding him down and I won the Tayestes on him. Uh, I think I'm the only amateur to ever win the Tayestes. And um, he went down and, and Ruby rode him in the Irish National um, and he won that and I turned professional that summer and I rode him then through in November, December and January. He had three or four runs, uh, three runs over hurdles before he went to, before he went to entry, and um, I rode him all those runs. So
0: did you know you had the ride then going to Liverpool?
1: Um. I didn't know, um, I was sort of hoping, but Martin, he ran in, I think his last run was in Nace in a three-mile handicap hurdle, and I walked out of the ring, and I knew the plan was for the English National, and I never asked, so I was just doing my job, and he finished. I think he finished six or seven, that handicap hurdle, and Martin said it to me after the race, then he's, this fella's going to entry, and we'd love you to trade him, and sure, of course, I'd never written it before, and it's every, every jockey's dream to... To ride in the national and win it, but to ride in it was it was going to be a great um great excitement anyway.
0: There's other races over the fences, Nile. There's the um Beecher chase in November. There's the Sefton Chase. There's the Topham Chase at Entry. Had you ever ridden at all over the fences,
1: regardless whether no, it was a national? i right. would never jumped a national fence before. Um, before going to Entry, I jumped a few practice ones. Um, leading up to the day, but I'd never jumped a a, a national fence in public. I had a terrible record in Entry, going going that year i'd written um three times excuse me three times in in entry over the normal fences and i'd never got over the first (laughs) i got i got brought down twice and i fell once so um yeah listen it was i was going there with 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 a big live chance and i suppose that's always you're always kind of thinking about thinking about those little things in the back of your head or having your first ride over the national fences but um i was i was really excited for it were you nervous of course it was nervous. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be human if you weren't nervous, but nervous with excitement and nervous to get going. Um it's like any any big um sporting event for on any on any way across the line, whether it's football, hurling, soccer, when you're competing at, at a top level like that on a big day, you're always going to be nervous. But once once you jump off in the race, you you're your nerves settle and you're there to do a job.
0: I watched the race yesterday and you were like, you got to go around two circuits at Aintree. So you, for over four miles. So for the first circuit, you kind of were out the back there. and um, where is it a case of biding your time or just like, how do you kind of work out the clock in your head of not to go too fast or not to be too far back?
1: So, um, there was a good bit of rain the night before and it was rain that morning, which I was delighted about. Um, number six, he wasn't the quickest in the world, but he jumped really well. Um, and he was one of those horses. You couldn't force early on because he'd, he kind of gets sick if you if you ask them too early, and um, so I actually jumped off and got a great position early on. But I just couldn't go at the gallop they were going, and um, early on, so I just had to buy my time and, and sit and wait for wait for him to give me the heads up that it was time to go. Um, so I jumped really well. I was just I was kept getting a bit further and further back for the first circuit, and um, made a little bit of a mistake at the chair, and I winged the water and I just sat down in my the arse of saddle for two or three strides and I get my slap down the neck I said, come on now we have to do we have to go around one lap we've one lap to go we may start getting into this race and within sort of seven or eight strides I was in the perfect position that I wanted to be in and um, everything went as, as sweet as not from there
0: Headhunter won the race the previous year under Ruby Walsh is it in your head I'm going to follow Ruby I'm going to follow Tony
1: McCoy of course um, you know Ruby was the man to follow even when I was in Ireland and um, maybe you're beside Ruby, or not too far from Ruby. You were you were in a great position, and Tony McCoy, and we know he got his winner in it in 20, 2010 or twenty twelve. But um, yeah, listen, they were that they were the two to follow. And when I had them in my sights, I was I was delighted. I was in the right place, and I was just waiting behind them, and they they rode the race for me.
0: So when you are say three hours or two hours, you're you're coming to the elbow. What's going through your mind? Is it just a case of hold on, hold on, hold on? Are you thinking about winning the national before maybe you're 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 there?
1: Um, no, I suppose I never really got that that far ahead of myself through the race. I was um I'm a bit of a pessimistic, so um, I wasn't gonna get, get too excited too early, but um I was I jumped the third last and I was just sitting sitting following Ruby and um Tony McCoy. So we went over to Melling Road and I said, sure, may as well go up and join them upsides. Um I walked the track with my father that morning and he said to me that if I'm sort of seven or eight lengths off the, the front horse, the lead horse turning into the straight that I'd win because I'd stay so well. And I'm turning in upsides going wow, I have a great chance. and I stay really well and I was just we've seen so many nationals down through the years where they change they change reflections in, in, in the later stages with the big long running. So I was wary of that as well. Didn't want to commit too early. But we're down to the second last and I, I didn't miss it but I wasn't as quick as the two lads and I just started I said to said to number six I said come on we may, may get rolling here now so I went down to the last and I winged the last maybe landed half length in front of Ruby and I was wary of getting the, getting the rail. so I just came across to my left a little bit to make sure Ruby's going to have to come around me Um, I try not to use my stick until I got to the railing or to got to the elbow because I knew it was going to be long running and I stay really well so when I got to the elbow I said Man, now let's go win a race. And me, um, hey, Julie Blige, she won by six lengths.
0: I watched the uh, jockey cam of Many Clouds winning the Grand National in 2015. It's on YouTube. It's absolutely fascinating from late Aspel's point of view. During a race like that, with Ruby and Tony McCoy around you, is there anything sad? Are you shouting at each other? Or is it complete silence? What's going on?
1: Um, It's not complete silence anyway. <laughs> um, there's loads going on. Listen, you're... It's you're always being wary of who's around you and who's jumping well and who's not jumping well. Um, I know any any the best horses can fall, but you're always a little bit wary of horses making mistakes and trying to get away from them and lads jumping across you because they're trying to keep away from their side as well. You know, like you're everyone's trying to look after each other, but you're you're there to look after yourself as well. So um there's there's plenty of shouting going on and lads to keep straight and maybe there might be a loose horse on either side of you and someone might someone behind you might let you know that there's a loose horse coming on your left or a loose horse coming on your right, just so you know. Um, you know, listen, it's there's no one really abusing each other unless something stupid happens. But um we're there, we're all there to look after each other, but we're looking after yourself as well.
0: You're on a half a ton of uh, animal going up at least 20, maybe 30 miles an hour, and actually, when you see a faller uh, in that many clouds jockey cam race, it does happen very quickly. You're just all, uh, almost before you know it, you're on the ground.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah, listen, it happens um, very quickly. You can, you can imagine when you see the the Tour de France, let's say, and someone gets a fall, like everyone gets a fall because you're all on top of each other. There's nowhere to go, and that's what horses will try and avoid um, other horses and jockeys. They'll do their best, but there's only so much you can do if there's nowhere to go. And that's the, that's the problem with, or that's the, the biggest problem with the Grand National is there's plenty of runners and when someone does fall, there's, there's very little place to go and you, you could be unfortunate to get brought down or get unseated. Your horse goes one way and you go the other.
0: When you cross the line, could you hear the crowd?
1: Um, only when I crossed the line. Um, I, I couldn't really hear anything. I was, I was that um, tunnel vision um, to make sure I got over the line. So, um, yeah when i got over the line i could just feel this wave of um of atmosphere that that was always there but i just couldn't hear it till i got over the line and yeah there was an unbelievable feeling and uh, an unbelievable crowd there that to
0: describe the thrill
1: it's very difficult um it's it's a day i'll never forget and um i'd love to relive it um i suppose there's loads of things that it you would i probably would have gone a little bit more mad um after I won it, where now at the time I was trying to be, trying to be cool, camera collective. But I'd say, and if I did it again, I'd yeah, I would have, I, I'd given it, given it plenty. Did
0: you celebrate well?
1: I did. No, don't get me wrong. I didn't. I did not celebrate. I celebrated extremely <laughs> well. Uh, no mistakes that side. But um yeah, it's listen. It's it's an unbelievable feeling. Like people would people would ask you anyone that's not involved in racing or people that you meet and what do you do, or what was your job? Is that I was a jockey. And oh, they, like, the first question they'd ask, like, is do you ever win a Grand National or do you ever in a Grand National? And everyone says they'd love to win a Gold Cup. And yeah, you'd love to win a Gold Cup, but everybody knows what the Grand National is. Absolutely, Nile. Yeah.
0: So if you're looking at the race this year, even from 17 years on, the race has changed because obviously from a safety point of view uh, with social media, with the fact that the responsibility around the horse's welfare, it's not the same race as it was.
1: No, and every generation changes. Um, every 10, 15 years, there's massive changes. Um, as Todd said, well, she said, when Pat Taft wrote in his first Grand National, they were humongous. And when he finished up, they said, he said they're only half the size, where nowadays, when I when I wrote my first ride in the Grand National, number six, I thought they were humongous, but now they're only half the size again. Like, yes, it's it's gone very... Um, very safety and the defenses aren't as big as they were and they're not as solid as they were. They're an easy fix base now with the perch over them. Um so they are an awful lot safer. But that's why you're probably getting a better class of horse running in the in the Grand National these days. And um the um, like I the year I won it, I don't think Tiger Old would have got around. But um you know that's just the way the race has gone now and you're getting you're getting horses having their prep running in the Gold Cup now running in the running in the Grand National.
0: So, if you're to maybe pick out some of the aspects a horse requires or needs to win the race, is it now about stamina more than jumping?
1: Um, yeah, don't get me wrong, you still need the jump around there, but it's I think more about pace. And um, right. I think you need you need to be able to travel early on because they will go go gallop, and if you can travel early on, you're always going to save that little bit more petrol. Where if you're riding a slow horse and you're trying to lay up the whole time. You're burning petrol a lot, an awful lot harder. When it comes to the end of the race, then, where you're after travelling all that way on a on a speedier horse, you will get the trip because they will slow down in the middle of the race. Um, they've had they had rain there on, on Friday, and and the the ground will ride a little bit slower, and um, especially on the the Grand National course, um, it does ride a little bit slower when. Um, the the mile course doesn't get as slow, but the Grand National course does get a bit slow. So yes, it will turn into uh, into a stamina test. But um, yeah, I suppose if you're setting one up for the Grand National, you're looking for the for the the whole lot, something that can jump, that can travel, and that can stay. Um, I always said you kind of need a horse that gets two five two six to to get the national trip.
0: When you're say walking around at the start on the horse there's 40 runners there do horses get more stressed than they normally would given the whole atmosphere and the amount of runners
1: Um, yeah they do they do and they don't um, so the year um, I think it was the following year after I won it 2006 I uh, sorry 2007 um, it was a very very warm day um, I think I was on number 6 Valverde that day for I think could have been 25 minutes which is a very long time from the parade ring to the parade to the start, a couple of false starts, the race, and then back into the parade ring. It's an awful long time, especially when it was very warm. Um, I think they've tried to fix that a little bit. They try not to have you on as long. But yeah, it can be a very long process from the parade ring to the the parade because you walk out onto the race course and they try to put you into numerical order to walk, to do the parade. And it can just take a little bit more time um, to do, and if you're on a a horse that's a little bit excitable and just wants to get his job done, yeah, it can it can boil over a horse.
0: So narrow it down for us. Have you picked a handful out of the forty that you think might contend uh, at five fifteen?
1: Yeah, um, I was. I've been a fan of um, Coach Rambler, of Lucinda Russell's and Derry Fox, who are previous winners of the race. And um, he's a Chapman Festival winner. He's in with a nice weight. And um, my only problem would be with him that. The way he's ridden, he's to be dropped in and, and crept away. And we all know you need an awful lot of work, luck to win a Grand National. He's going to need, need a lot more the way he has to be ridden. But um, I think he's, he's going in with the right profile. Um, Obviously, I, uh, I'd be a fan of um any second now. And, and Ted Walsh, I'm, I'm working with Katie at the moment to, doing the breeze ups with her. And yeah, the Hurston great form. And he was very unlucky two years ago when he nearly got brought down, he finished third. He ran into a very well handicapped horse last year on uh, with Noble Yates, and um, he's going there in great form. He's an awful lot of weight to give, but um, he'd be the one I'd like to ride for the simple reason that he's a great jumper. He's been around there twice, and um, yeah, he's an awful lot of weight to be very difficult to do. But he'd be my safest ride. It's a um, Delta workers are going to have one pound more than he had last year. He finished third it last year, and um, they've mapped him out for this race. He's gone the same route as Tiger Roll, winning the cross-country race in Cheltenham. Um, he won't mind the slower ground that I think it's going to be. Um, Keith Dunn, who rides. The fairy tale ending for David Rus- Russell would be for Galvin to win, um, who has a massive chance as well. He's a classy horse. Um, his problem in all those big races he's running is he hasn't got the pace in the, middle, in the middle of the race. So the Grand National will really suit him. Um, he jumps really well. I hope he takes the defences and Davy gets a great spin.
0: And a lot of money on Friday for ain't that a shame for Rachel Blackmore. We know how popular she is and she's won the race before. She knows what to do.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Rachel is very popular in entry as a previous winner before, and she had a winner there on on Thursday as well. Do you know? So there was plenty of money for for her on Friday, and you know, I'd say there'd be more money for her again. Um going in with the right profile. He's a nine-year-old. He's only had 10 runs in his whole career. Um he's a winner last time on slowish ground. Um so yeah, he's he's listen. he's going in with, with a great profile. Mouse Morris won it a few years ago with David Mullins, who was and the horse was still a maiden over fences, He hadn't won over fences when he won the Grand National. And you know, listen, that's that's the look you get. And he's been running he'd been running well in chase, but you know, it's typical thing to do like it's pretty ballsy move to go run a horse in the Grand National that hasn't won over fences yet but um, yeah Henry's horse in great form and um, did a winner there on Thursday and yeah listen Rachel is going to be very popular in entry.
0: and William Mullins had the uh, Irish Grand National winner only last week with Ian Maximus Paul Henan rides guard to and Capodano from the William Mullins stable Vanillier from Gavin Cromwell's the big dog won the Tritan chase at Navan earlier this season and lifetime ambition was second. I'm just reeling off the Irish horses because we got twenty seven in the race out of forty there now.
1: Yeah, we we've we've really we've really um, targeted this race and yeah, it's surprising to see that we have um, more than half the field in the in the um, in the Grand National um, with with the English horses. But um, yeah, you've named off plenty of horses there that have massive chances. Uh the big dog was running a cracking race in the Irish Gold Cup when he turned when he tipped over at the second last. Um, he was he was probably going a little bit better than any second now at the time. Um, so like yeah, he's the massive chance. Vanilla hasn't really taken offences, but maybe the Grand National fence will will spark a bit of life into him. Sean Flanagan rides, and um, to, to Willie Mullins. The year Willie Mullins is having it's unbelievable. Like. Ferry last week. It was just unbelievable what he's doing with these horses. He just brings it up a, a gear or a step every year. And you think every year he can't be any better. And he does. The, comes out the next year and he's better again. Uh, Cappadano, I think, could be a, a sneaky contender. Danny Mullins rides for JP and Willie Mullins. He thought he could be a Gold Cup horse early on in the year. And Willie Mullins is never too far wrong with his horses. And um, he could be a sneaky one that's well handicapped in this race.
0: Did you ride over the national fences many times after number six, Valverde and Isle? Did you get to enjoy it, as it were?
1: Um, yeah, I listen. I rode in the Grand National um, six times. I completed four of them. Uh, I got unseated once, and sorry, I got fall once and I pulled up once. Um, I had a great record in the race. I rode. Uh, I actually rode in the top twice and twice. I got round twice. I rode in the the Beecher Chase uh, once and got round. So I had, great, I had a good old record over the national fences. Um, yeah listen you always enjoyed it um, you never enjoy getting a bad spin but that doesn't make a difference if you're over hurdles fences or the national fences if, um, if you're not getting a good spin it's, it's not a nice feeling
0: and when you win it is there good camaraderie in the weigh room and everybody congratulating on you and just knowing that it's your day
1: ah yeah of course it is it's, um, it's as I said it's an unbelievable feeling and the year I won it I entry set up a, a case of champagne into the weigh room uh, and, and um, we all had a few drinks up there and we had a bit of fun um, you know, but we're all we're all working again the next day. And I was in Tremor the following day, and I'm not sure where the English ads were, but um, we had a few drinks there, and we headed off to the airport and back home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing about it Nile is nobody can ever take it away. 1839, the first Grand National, you'll always be in the history books.
1: Yeah, and that's it. And that's listen, you I suppose since since I won it, you've always been introduced as Grand National winning jockey Niall Madden, and you know it never gets old, and you love to hear it, and um. I'll never get tired of hearing it.
0: So narrow it down to one then for us, Niall. Who's going to win the Grand National
1: for 2023? Um, my heart is saying any second now, we head to saying uh, Delta Work.
0: Okay, Delta Work for now Madden. Thanks so much for speaking to us on Saturday on News Talk. Appreciate your time, Niall, and we'll chat soon.
1: Thanks very much.